and we are live. Welcome back to the Drama Pod, everybody. It's been a minute and a half. My name is Rachel. And I'm Anna. And we have a very special and highly requested guest on today's podcast. Say hello to Michelle Reed, everybody. Hi, guys. I'm very excited to be here today. I'm a big fan of a small amount of drama, so it's going to be good. You're probably the most requested guest that we've ever had. Oh, really? Have Michelle on the podcast. And we're like, yeah, be patient, everybody. We're trying. (laughs) I don't see anyone's feedback, so I really have no idea. I don't give her access to the... (laughs) Still don't have the rights to go and email. I feel like there's a lot of hype now for today's episode. Oh, yeah. We got to be good today. I'm a little nervous, actually. Are you nervous? No, you can't let the nerves get to you. I'm glad we did your podcast first, Michelle. If you guys didn't listen, we recorded on her podcast. It's called But What's Next. It was such a good episode. We talked a lot about life and we got a little bit deep. So make sure you check that podcast out. But super excited to have you on. We were actually texting last night about the Will Smith drama. What's your take on that? My take is I really don't know what to think. I've just been seeing the memes go around recently and I personally think it looked a little staged, but I haven't Mm -hmm. really done my research. So I don't know if that's a controversial opinion to have or not, but I'm a little sketched out by it. What was y'all's take? I think Anna has some pretty strong opinions. What did you think? (laughs) I don't know. Part of me thinks it's staged because they have had horrible ratings recently, but then the other part of me is like, well, it doesn't really make them look good. What's the phrase though? Any news is good any news. good uh, any any publicity is yeah. good publicity yeah so for those who don't know will smith everyone knows do I we even need I to explain no, it explain it i don't even know i don't even know why he punched okay him. i watched like, it live. I okay I'll explain. let's let anna explain <laughs> go ahead it's kind of odd because live you're watching um what's his name chris rock gets up to go give the announcement for i think it was like best creator or something it was one of the smaller awards and he makes a joke towards will smith's wife jada smith i'm assuming and makes a joke about her being in gi joe because she has a shaved head which apparently she has a shaved head because she has alopecia which oh, i guess it's a bad joke yeah and so it's funny because will smith like live he's laughing at first and then you see his wife's face in the back just get like pissed. oh his wife was there yeah she's famous i guess too or whatever and so she's pissed he turns around sees her pissed and then he all of a sudden gets mad and it was weird because live it just went muted like it was mm-hmm. kind of felt like the sound went out or something it's quiet and he just starts walking up on stage looks like he slaps chris rock but chris rock like doesn't flinch at all (laughs) and then he goes and sits down and it's still muted and no one has so it's muted for like almost a minute of live airtime kind of thing and of course now we're on twitter like trying to figure out what's going on and there's like millions of tweets and and were you actually watching live yeah it was wait really really? it was a narsker's party yeah what (laughs) one person in the world i know that's what i'm saying like within seconds there was we actually were commenting that like within seconds millions of tweets were already out and like all this content that's what makes me think it's staged though exactly but their the, views went right up it did but also like no one knows yeah <laughs> what to think but yeah that was a super dramatic episode that i just wanted to bring up um episode of time yeah okay like just in human history i feel yeah. like this will be in the do you guys books. really get into pop culture stuff not really except for the kardashians i have like a weird obsession with like, I like Kim the kardashian. kardashians too mm-hmm. and i'm pretty sure i got you into it right anna I got into it, it's relative. We watched one season of it. And Don't now- you have a Kim K tattoo? <laughs> <laughs> what? I 
that's false. But <laughs> the only amount of like, information I know about the Kardashian is 2018 or whatever that year was. Yeah. I watched it. So okay. whatever oh they did gosh. that year. Okay, we were watching the Bachelor finale last night, like super super late, two weeks mm-hmm. late. I know. <laughs> but Kim Kardashian and like the whole Kardashian family paid a buttload of money to have a one minute ad inside the finale of the bachelor which was insane insane oh, wow. they're like coming out with their own new platform yeah, oh like, I it's a new show that. it's on hulu yeah That's i guess thing. it's like the same thing just probably make more money off of it but what's your take michelle on the kardashians i grew up so i'm the youngest of three sisters i have two brothers too but me and my sisters and my mom would always grow up watching the kardashians but it was, yeah. it was, I liked it more back in the day. And it was something that we liked to do together. So I enjoyed it. Yeah. I don't really keep up with them now, but I respect it. Like people don't understand the mm-hmm. family as a whole. I think they're great business people. And did you, know? you see her apology video when she said like, everybody needs to get up and work. And then she put out an apology video recently saying, well, that was taken out of context. Like I didn't mean it in like a negative way. What's negative about getting up and working? A lot of people were saying like, oh, she doesn't understand that. Like all of us are working our butts off and just like aren't rich. Like you don't just get rich automatically just by working so they like took it the wrong way but i'm defending her in the sense that i think she was just responding to a question of what advice do you have to young female women who want to be successful and she her advice was like just get up and work and find people who want to work and like be around people who work but i had only seen that as a trending tiktok or real sound but i didn't know the background yeah she got roasted for it (laughs) i did not know she's the queen (laughs) (laughs) wait which one's your favorite I like Kim Kardashian. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I think she's amazing. So what's going on in your life, Michelle? What's new? We haven't talked in like two weeks. Has it been two weeks since you were in Florida? I miss Florida. I'll say that. You going to move here? I am probably not going to move to Florida because Aiden just got a promotion today. So we're going to be staying here for sure. Yeah. Very proud of him, but I feel like it's been pretty chill lately. I just got probably one of my most exciting brand deals on YouTube, which is very exciting. I don't know if I can say it yet, but my top dream brand list is probably like three different brands, and this is one of them, so I'm very excited. Oh my gosh, congrats. Yeah, so there's been some good things happening lately, but yeah, I feel like it's been pretty chill. I like that we got to hang out before we did this podcast because sometimes when you record with people for the first time, it's always a little bit awkward, but it's nice. Yeah. I feel like we actually have a friendship. Like, I feel like yeah. I'm one of your friends you're bringing on now instead of just a random person. So it's exciting. I know you guys didn't hear the behind the scenes, but we spent like 20 minutes trying to figure out this tech. <laughs> and it was just like, I'm glad we know each other because this would have been so awkward if we didn't. But what about you guys? What's new? Um, I got a mole removed. That's, and- that's awesome. <laughs> Which you just came back from like DC this weekend and oh, that's yeah. your new thing. Yeah. So two things. One, I got a mole removed and I just got my stitches removed from that removal today. So I'm glad that I'm you like know, stitch free. You know, I saw free. your story and was very confused when you are talking about <laughs> stitches. I'm like, what happened? Yeah, it's just a mole that was growing. It was benign, like it's not cancerous, but it was like actively growing and I didn't want it to get bigger. So I had my mom, who's a dermatologist, by the way, <laughs> remove it. You were there today? Uh-huh. I was there today. What time? 8.30. Oh, I was there at two. Oh, nice. Wait, Anna, um, you go to Rachel's mom too? I did go for the, the second time. Yes, just for like normal acne stuff. Nice. The whole town goes. Yeah. <laughs> I wish <laughs> the first I time could I've go. ever been to a derm. 
Yeah, she actually does virtual consults. I know a lot of people ask me like, oh, does she do virtual? Sometimes she does. It depends on like what skin issue you have because mm-hmm. some you can't. It just depends. But yeah, and then I went to DC this weekend. It was so cold. It was 30 degrees <laughs> and I only brought like one jean jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Your minimalist pack with me video yeah, in action. Yeah. <laughs> but it was so much fun. I got to see my friends and yeah, it was a good time. What about you, Anna? Oh, I just got back from a little vacay myself. That's oh. true. I should say. You're, this is the first, po- first podcast since your race, so tell us how you did. Oh, briefly. yeah. Oh, that's true. It is. Wow, it seems like a long time ago. Uh, it went really well. I achieved all of the goals that I wanted to, so I was really happy with that. Awesome. So I did not get first, like you said, though, no, in the last podcast. we don't have to put that part in. No, you do need to. <laughs> Wait, what place did you get? It's not- Third? <laughs> no. Out of 1,500? It's not really about placement so oh. much. It's about speed. Oh. I mean, yeah, I guess you could say, like, what place did you get in your age would be the best question. Momentum. And I didn't even place in my age group, so I got, like, 33rd out of 600 people. That's really what? good. Um, That's crazy. But my main goal was just to go, like, at a certain pace or whatever, so, and I got mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Anyway. <laughs> it was also cold in Savannah, so that was nice, but mm-hmm. I actually Little brought breeze. a jacket mm-hmm. because I'm a normal human. I brought a jacket, too, okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure you guys all know who Michelle is, but she does have a YouTube channel, very successful. And a lot of people asked me to ask you this question. (laughs) What was it like living in New York? And then why did you decide to move away? What is the transition like, like that whole thing? Yeah, I, so if you guys don't know, I ended up going to New York City for college when I was 18 and I had always grown up here in Texas and just really wanted to experience something new. And I'm the youngest of five and my oldest brother also went to the same college as me and he just had a really great experience. And he is also very just independent like me. We're very similar. So I was like, okay, if he liked it, then I might like it too. So I went when I was 18 and I've talked a lot about my college experience specifically on my podcast podcast and on my videos, but I didn't have the best college experience itself. I had a great education, but socially I felt like a little off at college, but I loved being in New York City. It was so much fun. And honestly, I think being that young and just being thrown into something so new, I was saying yes to so many different things and kind of had always labeled myself as an introvert, but it was the first time in my life where I was like, oh wait, I actually really enjoy being around people and I love getting to meet new people. And it was so much fun. I graduated college. So I graduated college a year early and I was in my long-term relationship with my boyfriend at the time, Aiden, and he still had a year left of school. So I graduated and I started working at a social media marketing agency and it was so much fun. I really liked it, but it was a lot. It was a lot of work. And at this time, my channel was also really growing at the same time. And it was interesting being on both sides of, you know, creating content online, but also working for an agency where I was doing a lot of the work with brands that influencers do, but kind of seeing it from the other end. And Mm -hmm. so it just became a lot. And I think that's when a lot of people started following my channel because they thought it was really relatable watching someone who also worked a nine to five, which I love doing those videos. It was so much fun, but just for me personally, it didn't make sense to continue doing both. And so I ended up quitting about six months in, which is absolutely crazy to only stay at a job for six <laughs> months, but I quit. Hey, it's something. <laughs> yeah, I quit. I was happy that I did it though. And I really appreciate my job that I do now because I was there and I realized, yeah. you know, how 
hard people work, especially when they're just starting their careers. And it made me never want to take this for granted what I'm doing now. But I quit November of 2019. And then I got engaged a month later. And then everyone knows that COVID kind of happened a few months after that too. And at the time we were planning our wedding in Texas and weren't really sure what was going to happen. My fiance at the time, Aiden, was applying for jobs. And so we kind of just said, you know, hey, let's see where we end up. You can apply for some jobs in Texas, apply for some in New York City and whatever kind of lands that'll be our sign of you know, we'll move there. Because at this time I was just doing YouTube full time, which kind of allowed me to be wherever. And so I was home in Texas during COVID just with everything going on and was also planning our wedding. And then Aiden ended up getting a really great job here in Texas. And slowly everything just kind of fell into place. But I never really remember, you know, committing to moving to Texas. It kind of just happened. I think a lot of times during COVID, people like looked back on the past two years, like what even happened? Why am I here? People were living Mm -hmm. with their families, living in random states. And we found ourselves being back here. And it was definitely a hard transition. And this is something that we're actually just now kind of processing leaving New York City and leaving that kind of lifestyle because everything was just happening so fast. But we love it. We love being in Texas. My family's here. It's so much fun. But there is a part of me that does miss being there. And I never want to downplay that and act like, oh, I'm so over New York City because I tried to do that. But then I went back October of 2021. And I was like, no, I actually really still miss it. And it's a really great place. So I'm just kind of a believer that everything happens for a reason and you know god Mm -hmm. has sustained our life here in texas and i'm really thankful for that and so i'm happy to be here but i do think that part of me does miss the city too yeah of course i mean i can't even imagine i've only been there once but it's like Mm -hmm. such a fast-paced city i can't even imagine like living there it just seems really cool i have two follow-up questions one Mm -hmm. did aiden go to the same school as you and then two do you think that new york city is super exciting or it's the combination of like that's also you leaving for college and that's like the college city that you went to i mean i'm sure new york city is like inherently exciting most people would agree with that but do you think there's also that aspect to it as well For sure. To answer your first question, I met Aiden at college, so he went to the same college as me. And secondly, I definitely think I romanticize it now that I'm back here. And I don't necessarily think it's the city itself, but I do think it was that phase of life of just being so young and meeting new people. And especially with what Rachel and I do on YouTube, being in a place like New York City, for one, helps grow your channel so well. People love watching Mm -hmm. New York City content. And that was something that I kind of had to realize was are people just watching me because they like New York City or are they watching it because they liked me and I was really fearful about moving because I didn't want to lose my you know follower base because I was moving out of the city mm-hmm. but I definitely think that it is the city itself too I've never been to a place that feels the same as New York City it's just a very special kind of energy but at the same time I was actually Aiden I just started the WeWork series We Crash that's on like we works downfall or whatever and in the first episode he was talking to this group of college students in it and he was talking about how you're going to spend the rest of your life trying to grasp that feeling that you had when you were 18 at college and I realized that you know that actually is kind of true because now we're in this phase of you know did we make too many changes too quick and did we make the wrong decision by kind of like settling down too early and should we go try a new adventure or something and so I definitely think it's half yes I miss New York City but it's also half I kind of miss that phase of life too 
So speaking of settling down, something that you talk a lot on your videos about is potentially buying a house, which Anna is also potentially in the market for. So I wanted to ask you, what are your deal breakers for a house or what are you specifically looking for? Because you've been looking for a while. I know you go to a lot of open houses. What is it that you're truly looking for in a house versus like, I cannot buy a house if it has this? That is a great question. And honestly, I feel like I haven't really thought about it too much because I think as a buyer right now, you don't have very many options. You kind of have to yeah. buy what comes up. And it's funny, the last time I talked to you guys, I was kind of like, oh, I'm not sure if we're going to buy a house, but we've kind of decided that I think we're going to wait another year because it just makes us a little bit nervous right now with everything. Mm -hmm. Except on Zillow, a lot of houses that I've saved have recently had yeah. a lot of price cuts. So yep. I'm feeling... I'm feeling, okay, we're going to try, but for us, we don't even want anything extravagant. We want a three-bedroom, two-bath house that's maybe... 2,000 square feet or under, so nothing crazy. But location is really important. And for a while, we were unsure if we were wanting to move out to the suburbs more or stay in the city. But recently, in the past month, we've decided that we do want to stay in Dallas itself in the city just because mm -hmm. we do still feel young. And I think a year ago, I was thinking, I'm kind of ready to like move out to the suburbs and just live that kind of lifestyle. But now I think I am ready to stay here in Dallas. I think there are a lot of parts of Dallas that I don't love, but the longer that I'm here, I'm kind of realizing the good parts too. And so I think location is really important. We have our golden retriever cache. So I'd love to have some sort of backyard, but in Texas, the backyards are so tiny. You'd think mm -hmm, it's such really? a big state that they'd have these yeah, ginormous backyards, but they just cram houses in and so you get this little sliver of backyard so having a little bit of a bigger backyard would be nice and then honestly just with doing youtube having good lighting is really important it sounds stupid but having a bright yeah. kitchen i film a lot of food related content so that would be nice to have too but we're not really picky just kind of the basics yeah, well, I'm glad you made somewhat of a decision to either like buy or rent because I know going back and forth is super stressful. Um, and I know a lot of people like Anna who decided to just keep renting at least until the market at least keep renting at the ripe old age of 25. <laughs> um, so I'm not getting evicted. That's Did another update I guess I have. Yeah, Yay. the new person that bought it wants to keep renting and they didn't increase the prices dramatically and they're actually still pro month to month which that's is awesome. my ideal scenario because i wanted to that's awesome to have the option to move if i want to that's like the so, best case scenario for I you know. okay so changing gears shifting gears as some would say something that you and anna have in common is aligning with presbyterian faith and i ask anna this question all the time but i wanted to ask you and maybe Anna can chime in. What are some core beliefs that made you want to align with the Presbyterian faith or denomination? So I don't know if I necessarily call myself a Presbyterian because I honestly don't even know all the differences of what they believe. The most major thing I noticed from growing up going to a non-denominational non church was that babies are sprinkled. And I was very confused because I always thought that was Catholic faith mm -hmm. people who do that but for me it was more so we started going to a church in new york we started going to redeemer which is a really popular church in the city and Aiden and I had just visited so many different churches there for a couple of months. And I had always grown up non-denominational and kind of more charismatic churches, which I think is great. And I just want to say from the start, I think everyone kind of relates to different forms of worship and sermons and all that. And so 
I think a lot of times you kind of go in the opposite of direction of what you grow up doing if you grow up in the faith. So mm-hmm. I don't know, but that's a different thing. But for me, I really appreciated just the simplicity of singing, you know, hymns that have been sang for years upon years where you kind of know that there's a foundation for the way that they're being sung. And I also appreciated that there was a liturgy that you would sing from and that you would also, you know, stand up when you read verses from the Bible. It just seemed like there was more, I don't want to say respect for the faith, but it made me appreciate different kind of sacraments, not in a way that I think the Catholic faith necessarily does to a whole different degree, but it was just different than what I was raised doing. And I really appreciated it. And yeah, I don't know. I feel like Anna could maybe share more her background because I don't know if you grew up going to Presbyterian church. It was just very different than what I was used to. I grew up um, going to a Presbyterian church, so I have been attending a Presbyterian church more or less my entire life. I think your comments about it being close to the Catholic church is actually pretty spot on. Like that's, it's, they're pretty similar in terms of the respect that they have for the liturgy and doctrine kind of idea. Fundamentally, they come to different conclusions, but so I think that's like a a very known thing, I guess, but I at least personally really like, which is what you hit on too, is that people, I feel like have thought about it a lot, like all the conclusions that they came to for Presbyterian faith. But at the same extent, I also would say like, yes, I'm Presbyterian, but only because that's what I'm most aligned with and not necessarily like, I don't think there should be huge denominational differences and it should be more dynamic. And I'm also willing to hear other ideas. The music is uh, very hard for someone who has never like gr- grown not, up in like, it. But that's not unique to Presbyterian. No, I know. Though. I know. I grew up in a non-denominational church, so we had like Hillsong type music. It was like very emotionally charged and it was like loud. And so... For me, I remember going to a Presbyterian church with some people from college. Yeah. And I was just like, no offense, but this is a little bit like boring. I know, but just <laughs> lyrics compared, though are I so, know. like you say, emotionally challenged. And if you like the lyrics of like, it is well with my soul, the story oh, no. behind that, that song hits. Yeah, but also like all of them are equally as like convicting and moving, just not as like hip hop yeah. in terms of I, acoustics. Yeah. I, think I guess totally... like I always grew up going to churches and I've just never been a charismatic worshiper. And it was always like the pastor saying, okay, everyone lift up your hands for this part of the song. And mm-hmm. I just always felt like, what if that's not my relationship that I have with God? Like, what if yeah. I don't feel more connected with God by raising my hands or anything like that? And I think also Aiden was raised Catholic too for half of his life. And so being around him and he was becoming more, you know, thinking about his faith more. And he really kind of got me to think more about the traditional elements of more of a traditional service. And he's definitely not charismatic at all. And so it was interesting for me to kind of see that perspective too. From him. Yeah, I think, I think that that's a good me. balance of, you know, coming from Catholicism and then, Christ, uh, what is it called? Protestant, right? Protestant mm-hmm. Christianity. I feel like Presbyterian is like the perfect in it between. Is, I mean, it's like a, it is the closest to Catholicism, arguably, I guess, maybe Baptist, but mm-hmm. it, like. Yeah. So how do you approach the idea of sharing your faith online? You've been on YouTube for many years Was there a time when you shared more or less or how did that develop in your online journey? Because I know for me, I debate with myself every day. Should I share it? Should I not share it? Is it too much? Some people hate it. Some people love it. So I'm curious. I'll give some kudos here first, though. I will say, like, I didn't really know 
I don't like watch vloggers, whatever. So when Rachel was telling me about like who you were, I started listening to your stuff and I was like pleasantly surprised by like how <laughs> often you, you talked about it. I was like, sh- like I actually was floored kind of, yeah. I mean, not kind of, I was. So you can say what you will. I will give you a 10 out of 10. <laughs> I definitely share my faith more in my podcast, I will say, just because for me, that's kind of my platform where I think people mostly find me from YouTube. And then if they're really interested in my YouTube videos and want more of me, they can go to my podcast. And so I'm just a bit more open on there. But uh, yeah, I have always been very open about my faith on my channel. I think the thing that's hard for me when I was trying to kind of keep it separate, it's just such a big part of my life. And a lot of times I notice on your guys's podcast, you're like, well, how do I answer this? from not a faith perspective and it just gets to a point Mm -hmm. where you can't because it shapes your whole worldview and it's not something that you can separate. I think the thing that I've learned over the years is to not necessarily share more personal elements of my life but like things like my marriage with Aiden, my family as much, just because people can be really, really ruthless on the internet. I mean, Rachel knows that too. People can make assumptions about you. And when it comes to sharing other people, they don't necessarily agree to be subjected to all of that criticism. And so that's an area of my life that I've kind of learned to pull back from. But my faith, I mean, I think it's a part of, we're told we're going to be persecuted for our beliefs. And so it's Mm -hmm. just a part of it. I've learned that there are nuances to a lot of things that I grew up kind of thinking when it comes to faith. And that's been an aspect with YouTube that I've kind of learned, you know, don't necessarily speak on these topics like I'm an authority or that this is the absolute right opinion. But when it comes to, you know, my faith in God, my relationship with God, I do like to share that. And I find for the most part that people really respect that, even people who don't share the same faith because it's, hey, this person is still passionate about something and it's interesting to see. And, you know, at the end of the day, I hope people will feel drawn to kind of explore a relationship with God if that's something that they're interested in. But yeah, it's just a part of me. So it's kind of hard to separate. Yeah, I was, I just posted a video recently. It was my girl chat video and oh, I, and I can attest. Yeah, there was a question of what do I think about sex before marriage? And I refilmed that part like probably 10 times. I ended up doing like an insert clip of like a few days later explaining because I was just so torn of do I share? Do I try to like make excuses for my faith? Do I like how do I want to answer this question? After consulting with Anna and like literally all of my family, I came out with a a clip and I inserted it and I got some interesting feedback. One person was like, oh, well, you were too apologetic. Like you were too like wishy-washy. You should have been like more firm and said, yeah, sex before marriage is wrong. That's it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then other people were like, wow, I really appreciated how like kind you were in your answer and how you, you said, I understand if not everyone believes what I believe. So it was just like so much thought that goes into everything online. Mm -hmm. And especially with faith, um, it's hard. It's really hard. And I was so scared to post that, but I think the reaction was fine. Um, I only Mm -hmm. got like a few comments that were like, hmm. But other than that, like, I'm glad that I posted it. But I think how you mentioned how you ask people in your life too about the response. I think that's been so important for me with doing YouTube because there are times that I too have sent things to like my parents I really trust. And back in the day when I would share more about my faith, I'd ask them, you know, should I be sharing this? Was it weird that I said this at this part of the video? And it's nice to have people that you can trust to kind of bounce those things off of. Yeah. I think that's helpful. I think something that's hard a lot also for you guys specific to what you do is i mean if we're trying to be truly loving to people we should 
be not wishy-washy and we should tell them this is wrong because that is like if we're truly loving even if they hate it that's what they need to hear kind of thing but at the same time this is directly tied to metrics for your business and it's like this hard it shouldn't be hard but it is hard of like okay well here's this business and church not church uh, like faith separation but at the same time Something that like I deal with, I guess, at work to an extent, but not to the same amount that you guys have. And yeah. also going back to what you said about you should say just that it's wrong. I don't necessarily agree with the condemnation attitude. And I know that's not what you're saying is not to condemn, but to a non-believer who's watching for the first time, that does it is what it seems like. It seems like, oh, this girl is just condemning everyone who doesn't agree with her. So I just wanted to come from a more like God is love standpoint instead of like God is just, which he is both. But I I think the thing that's different too is these are ultimately strangers on the internet. And I'd like Rachel was talking about how she got a comment the other day that was talking about how it's so wrong that you don't go to sleep at the same time as AJ. And that person Mm -hmm. could totally, you know, alter this and make it sound like she's loving you by correcting you. But at the end of the day, I think a lot of times those corrections are done better in relationships where you know yeah. and you built trust yeah. with people and it's hard now our world is so digital where i think people think just because you're you know acquaintances on the internet you don't actually know them and so it is hard and that's been something that i've tried to kind of balance with doing it yeah. all that's why i feel like i think that's my biggest distinction between like my work and your work is like i can still have these conversations with my coworkers, but i know them one-on-one or and like it's more relational and i mm. it's harder for you guys to do that like you're you're yeah. not doing that it's really which, hard yeah. <laughs> yeah and in person you find that usually you can come to common ground you just understand people better versus yeah. anonymously on the internet that's never going to happen well for 80% of the time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so somebody asked me on my Instagram to ask you, uh, I'm 25 and getting married soon. What's your best marriage advice for a young person? We both got married really young. I think you got married at 22, right? Mm-hmm. Me too. So what would be your best, juiciest piece of advice? I think something that's kind of growing up and especially being a part of the Christian faith, there's so much emphasis on how like serious and important marriage is as, you know, something that you should do in your life. And it definitely is a big commitment that you're making to someone. And it's something where you should make sure that you've, you know, maybe gone to premarital counseling and talked through things and understand that this is a lifelong relationship that you're going to have with someone. But at the same time, it is something that's so fun and it can bring you so much joy in life when you literally, it's so cheesy, but see the other person as your best friend. And I think coming up on two years of being married now, something that has always helped our marriage is just always seeing the other person as a friend and not, you know, forgetting to like do stupid stuff together and goof around with one another and keep that joy in your relationship because it is meant to be fun. And I mean, this might be like TMI too, but I think that extends with like sex too. That was another thing that, especially with waiting until marriage, it was like always made out to be this super serious thing. And I think a lot of people get really intimidated when they wait until marriage because it's just been kind of put on this pedestal. Mm -hmm. But I think kind of breaking down some of those things within your marriage that like, no, these are meant to be like gifts from God and they're like joyous and they're fun. And I think just kind of taking a lot of the seriousness out of it. And this might be bad advice for some people. I just know for my personality type, when I'm kind of like, Anna, like very logical and think of things and, you know, it's supposed to be this way. It's supposed to be this way. It was good to kind of make things more fun 
in marriage. Too. Yeah. But what about you, Rachel? What would you say? Oh, um, I was not prepared for this. Uh, <laughs> I would say, what was the question? Best was piece of marriage advice. <laughs> um, I would say just do your best to respect the other person, especially as a more controlling person like me. I tend to be like my way or the highway, especially towards the beginning of our relationship and our marriage. But then like once I got into the swing of things, I realized that it's not going to work if I'm just like steamrolling over him and like want to have control over everything. So sometimes, you know, things don't get done the way I want them to get done. But the point is that they get done and that I don't have to worry about them. For example, doing the dishes. My parents would always make us do the dishes right after dinner if they weren't done by like 10 minutes after dinner, it was like bad. But where AJ grew up, it was a little bit more relaxed, which is probably a good thing. So when we first got married after dinner and he wasn't like immediately going to do the dishes, I would be like, excuse me, <laughs> this is not okay. You have to do the dishes right after dinner. And he was like, um, why? Like, that's not how I wanna do it. So that's how I'm gonna do it how I wanna do it. And I was like, it took me a while to be like, okay, it's fine. And I realized that he's a good man. Sometimes we forget he's a good man. <laughs> he goes and he does the dishes, maybe 30 minutes, maybe an hour later. Who cares? But the point is, I don't have to do them. And I'm respecting the other person who wants to do it their way. So just like something silly like that is just mm. so hard. It's the smallest things that are so hard in marriage, I feel like. It is weird when you get married, you realize how the other person is raised so much differently than you. And you're like, mm -hmm. oh, you just thought that this was normal. And it's like, no. Like, I'm like, yeah. hey, my dad took out the trash all the time. Like, why aren't you taking it out right now at this moment? Yeah. You just think things are normal. And then you're like, oh, wait, other people don't do things the same way. Yeah. Another small one was like in church, we do communion once mm -hmm. a month. And my dad would always like, as soon as we drink the little plastic cup of grape juice, he would immediately like hold out his hand and everyone would put the communion cups in his hand. <laughs> And so it was just really weird after getting married the first couple of months, I was like, hello, can you take my cup? Like, <laughs> it's just things that they can't read our minds. And sometimes we oh, forget yeah. that they can't read our minds and we just need to like speak. And yeah. it's probably like, you guys are crazy. <laughs> no, no, I think that's also great advice about the communication. I was watching my friend, I don't know if you know Kyanne Tilton on YouTube. She does a lot of faith-based videos, but she was talking about instead of, you know, say you want your husband to like hug you more, something stupid, which these things sound stupid, but they can build up and become problems. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, you know, why do you never hug me? Why, when I come home from work, do you never greet me or whatever? Just asking them, being like, hey, I really like when you hug me when I come home from work. Can you do that more? Instead yeah. of making things negative when you ask for a request, because it is important to communicate even about things that might seem stupid because they can build up over the long term. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So another thing that you and I have in common is getting off the hormonal birth control pill. Um, and speaking Spicy. of sex, <laughs> for me, I just feel like, I don't know. Maybe this is TMI, but my libido has like. I feel so sorry for Anna just rebounded. <laughs> I'm used to it. I want her to chime in too because she. I don't think you've ever been on the pill, right? All natural. All natural. But like Michelle and I, we've been on the pill for a while, and we've. I think we have very different experiences coming off the pill. 
Um, for one, I haven't had any acne at all, which is really unusual for me because I struggled hard with acne. That's one of the reasons why I got on the pill. And so I'm just like waiting for the day that I just break out because I've been off of it for about a month and a half now. And another thing is that my libido has just like rebounded to the point where I didn't even remember that I could like feel this way because on the pill, I was just like a a blank wall like nothing could excite me like emotionally That's or physically so sad. yeah so how has it been like for you um I mean for me so I had been on it since I was 15 because I was having just a lot of not great symptoms from like getting my period each month and instead of kind of figuring out why are these things happening and letting things regulate my doctor which I'm sure she had good intentions with this but just put me on birth control pill and then I was on Accutane in high school so you have to be on some form of birth control because they don't let you just say that you're being abstinent they make you so I was on it for that and then I tried to go off in college because I just wasn't sexually active so there wasn't a need to and it was so bad I got my period back and it was absolutely awful it was basically everything that I had before but times 10 and so I went right back on and then now I've just been researching a lot I read one book called your brain on birth control which really kind of shares the impacts that it has on just a lot of different things that has to do with your health and then I also read the same book that Rachel did called taking charge of your fertility and that kind of shares more about if you're interested in doing natural family planning or the fertility awareness method and it really kind of encouraged me to get off and Aiden had also kind of encouraged me to because he's like you know you don't necessarily need to be on this and I had just been doing a lot of research and so I finally just decided to take the plunge and honestly it's been very anticlimactic I haven't had basically really, anything yeah. except very very bad acne and it's been incredibly discouraging for my confidence and I'm so thankful that I'm married to a man who you know still tells me that I'm beautiful regardless mm -hmm. of that but it's still when you're filming videos of yourself every day and you know you're working with skincare brands where you have to show what your skin looks like without makeup on it's just it's not yeah. fun to do but I'm trying to kind of stick with it for a while and just let myself get through it I want to go to the, a doctor and get all of my like hormones tested and everything but I know everything's out of whack because I'm still waiting to get my period back and all that kind of stuff and so it's been crazy but hopefully in the long run it'll be worth it we want to try to have kids in a year and a half or so a year or so so mm -hmm. we'll see I just it's very encouraging because I've had so many girls reach out to me afterwards saying their stories and a lot of them saying that it took them you know, years after getting off, which I don't want this to scare anyone because mm -hmm. I don't think everyone has. I mean, I have siblings who are on the birth control pill, got off, had a baby like a month later. So I think everyone's different, but I could tell my body's going to take a while to kind of get back into being able to have a child. And so it's something that I'm glad that I'm doing right now to kind of give myself time. But I'm yeah. not a doctor. I just want to preference <laughs> that I'm not. A, this is just my personal experience. It sounds like Rachel's had a really good experience, though. Yeah, getting I mean, off. I think it just goes to show that everyone is so different. And, you know, you can't just look at one person and be like, oh, I'm scared or, oh, it's going to be great because you really have no idea how you're going to react. But I'm sure everything is going to be like working itself out and you know yeah everything's gonna be fine I'm sure but I know um something that we talked about is like the fear of infertility <laughs> it's like oh it's yeah. just constantly there yeah I 
started it was actually in florida when we were in there i had this like a few days where i would take off my makeup i'd look at how bad my acne was and then i'd start researching how to you know balance my hormones to fix my acne and everything and then i would go on this trail of infertility which is just so scary and so many people talk about nowadays that finally Mm -hmm. Eden was like you've got to like shut down the google (laughs) you just have got because then i wouldn't sleep at night which stresses you out which makes your skin break out more it's just this cycle but it got really bad in florida where he's like hey you just got to put down the phone (laughs) before you go to bed because it's not helping at all anything to say (laughs) about the birth control uh no i mean i've had a lot of friends who are married who pretty much in conclusion with what you guys have said like i have no personal experience with it so i have no real comment other than it does freak me out i will say and i (laughs) I honestly like don't ever really want to do it and maybe I just never will. Yeah, well, so you don't. should do I'm the, kind of at the point where I don't need to. You should do the fertility awareness yeah. method like me where you take your yeah. temperature every day. I even took my thermometer to DC. <laughs> yeah, you should. Yeah. I'm glad you did. Yeah. yeah. See, I want to start doing that, but it's hard when you have no data. Like, I don't know how you start. I don't know how you did it before you had gotten your first period because isn't that kind of what starts it no so i started during the bleed right after i stopped the pill you know what i'm talking about is it like the withdrawal bleeding like the withdrawal bleeding yeah so it wasn't a real period it was like when i stopped Mm -hmm. the pill a few days later i started bleeding and it was like really light spotting but that's when i started interesting um yeah i highly (laughs) recommend it i'm like such a fan of it i think it's so fun and it just like lets you know what's going on. My watch also tracks it too, just letting you know and lets me know what's oh, going really? on. I don't think so. It does. Not the temperature aspect, although I guess it could based off of other factors, but it's like you're in this phase, you should do this type of training. Oh, that's you're in this cool. phase. This well is it your doesn't actually know. How well, does it know? It knows in that it knows when I have my period. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, it's based so it off assumes that. ovulation. That's the biggest myth, though. Everyone, no, no, it's it's yeah. not doing anything about ovulation. It's just saying based off of when you are having your period, this is a no, no. It is because of time between there's only two phases. It's the phase before after after ovulation. It's the phase before after <laughs> before. <laughs> there's literally multiple. Phases. No, no. There's two phases plus a period. So it's. <laughs> The it's, luteal phase? No, let me talk. It's the follicular uh-huh. phase. I know. We all took biology. And actually, I didn't. How did you graduate? <laughs> I took three years of biology. Really? I did not. I was in the dumb-dumb class. In my undergraduate degree is no, in physiology. No. In my <laughs> high school biology class, I was in the dumb one. Like, not the, the honors one for some reason. <laughs> in the AP. <laughs> I was in the lowest one. And all we did all day was build potato rockets. Like literally every day for a whole semester. I learned nothing. I I guess I'm yeah, Was I'm that not, was that okay. physics when you had to do the trebuchets? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I never took physics either. How in the world you've never taken physics? I took AP bio and IB wow. bio. And physics like i took none of those person. no yeah. i don't even know what physics is but as i was saying so there's the follicular phase and then there's the luteal phase and it's like adbc it's revolving around ovulation so your little watch is trying to tell you when you ovulate it it's assuming oh when yeah you it's ovulate. taking a little algorithm and taking inputs based off of like how all the physiological measurements are made and it doesn't even take your temperature so I it's, know. it's all based off <laughs> oh gosh what is something rachel you can answer too Thank that, you. Yeah, I'll give permission. That you want to learn about a subject, a topic, whatever. I'll give you a lot of parameters within the next three months. Three months? I thought you were going to say three it, years yeah. or something. What's your short-term three-month goal? No, it's not a goal. It's just something you want to learn about. Oh, oh I, okay. I have an answer for this. I have just bought my sourdough baking kit. And I... Okay, 
Willa. I, Willa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know about Willa. My sister-in-law told Wait, me about did, Willa. Wait, is she Who's a ballerina Willa? farm fan? She's yes. a ballerina girl. Oh, yes. No, I no, I follow her. Yeah, she's incredible. So I really love cooking. I love cooking dinner every night. Some people think that Aiden forces me to make him dinner every night, and it is not true. I just love to make dinner every night. But I'm not great at baking because I'm not precise with measurements. And so my... My next that. goal has been to master the sourdough game. And so I bought Ballerina Farms kit, though, because it seemed kind of a, like a good entryway because I don't have to completely. Well, I still have to make the sourdough starter, which every night before bed now, instead of doom scrolling on Google about infertility, <laughs> I watch sourdough starter <laughs> videos. So I feel very well equipped, but I'm actually starting it tomorrow because I've been waiting until we were in town for a long time because it's a process. Yeah. So that's something that I hope. This is like your little biology Yeah, and you have then. to weigh everything. Have a, like, growing. Yeah, that creeps me out. I know Aiden's really, I was showing him the videos. He's like, what do you mean that it's living? I'm like, again, exactly. it's yeah. science and I didn't learn in school. So now I got to learn. <laughs> this is bio for you. Again, <laughs> yes. It's like kefir, right? Isn't that the other stuff yeah. you can grow in your fridge? Like the probiotics. My sister did that in college. It was freaked me out too. Apparently, if you make your own pickles, you can kill yourself. Oh, really? Like, unintentionally. Like, like if you ferment them wrong, it's like poisonous. See, I was about to start pickling onions. That was also one of my <laughs> next things. Be careful. We were at the farmer's market and the guy, well, he, he's biased. He sells like pickled okay. stuff. So he's like, don't make it at home. Like it's dangerous. So I'm just telling everybody now. He had an agenda though. He knew what he was doing. So I have some advice emails that I want to ask you okay. because what's better than three gals giving advice? Yeah, all three of us, <laughs> oh, not gosh. just me. Hi ladies. I recently had a breakup. We didn't go down fighting or anything. He just had a lot of stuff he needed to heal from. So that part kind of stinks. We had talked about marriage and all that good stuff and I still have feelings for him, which also stinks. We share mutual friends and I still can't bring myself to go out when they do stuff because it still hurts to see him and I don't know if he wants to see me. We haven't talked in almost two months. I guess I have a few questions. Number one, since he is the one that broke up with me, I wanna give him space. Part of me just wants to not see him, even if it's in a group, unless he reaches out first. Is that irrational? How do I respect his space, but also see my other friends? And if I do see him in person, how do I hide what I'm feeling? Number two, what are your thoughts on me reaching out further down the line to see if things have changed and see about giving things another try? Thanks in advance, XOXO. So and the first question is, if we're in a group, should I not go to the group activity because he's there? I want to give him space or do I go? And then number two, should I reach out? I really want to reach out because I miss him. But should I? Mm. Um, well, I don't think she should not go to the group outings. I don't I think agree, that's fair. but it does suck. Yeah, in terms that's of hard. Like, all your friends are there and then they're there and the whole time you're just thinking about it and it's just everything's miserable. Yeah, that's what's hard about dating someone in a friend group, too. This exact scenario happened to me. <laughs> really? <laughs> it was nice all because your friends it was... In your friend group? Um, well, it was nice only because it, like, it was three weeks before summer happened, but I remember these three weeks were horrible. Summer helped, though, because then everyone, like, this is in college, but people went home and then came back, and it was, like, different and whatever. Mm. But those three weeks, you're like, oh, do, do I want to go to this thing? Like, someone, they're, they're going to be there, I think. Like, I don't really know. Da, da, da. Yeah. I got to look my best. Not even that. It was, yeah, I was just like, like I didn't. No, I wasn't even trying to. I was just like, I felt ashamed. It was like he dumped me. It was like I don't want to be there, and then I'm best friends with him now, kind of thing. Well, that's what this girl's saying too. Like she got dumped, yeah. and now she's like, this is awkward. Do I go? 
I think that's more of a reason to go, especially if you were the one who got dumped. Like, no. Yeah. You shouldn't have to drop all your friends. So should she reach back out to I him? I say no. Yeah. I, I also wanted to, though, at the time, I will say. Yeah. And I was told also not to, and I thought it was stupid. And retrospectively, it was definitely the move not to. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's natural. You get broken up with, you're heartbroken, you love the person or like them mm-hmm. a lot, and you want to connect with them. But yeah. you got to remember, they dumped you. It's easier said than that. I know. No, I know. (laughs) I've only ever gone through one breakup, so it's hard to share. But that was right before I went to college and I went to New York City. So I was so distracted, and which helped a lot. And I think, honestly, just hanging out with people, working on a new hobby, trying to distract yourself. Because eventually, over a couple of months, you will stop thinking about them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So don't reach out, girl. Stay strong. But go hang out with your friends. Do you ever get nervous answering these because <laughs> you don't want people to only take your advice? And it's like, wow, you feel like there's a lot resting on it. I just get confused why people even listen to us in our opinions. <laughs> and so I'm just like, you know, if they asked, it's on them to like think that we have some type of... I have no idea why people listen to us at all. So I, I feel like it's on them. Here's another one. Hi, ladies. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like skimming. Um, blah, blah, blah. She loves us so much. Anna's so funny. Anna, I really relate to you in so many ways. And you're really funny. Gotta read that line. <laughs> wow. I would love to know y'all's thoughts. She said, y'all, on dating Dang. apps. I've never had a boyfriend. I've been on very few super cringe dates. Yikes. Now that I've graduated, I feel way too tired to try and meet people all the time. And most people here around my age are like two to five years younger and still in college. I'm super extroverted, but mostly that side comes out when I've been more comfortable with people. So maybe you're an introvert. I've been on a few dating apps and I feel like I'm window shopping. Like, seriously, I feel so surfacey about it. I used to not really be in a place or have the desire for a relationship, but I'm over being alone all the time. I just want a best friend to do life with. I don't feel like I need it. I just want a lifelong best friend, you know? Thanks for being such a fun part of my day. Coming to you from the still snowy Minnesota. Minnesota. Ooh, I will say back in the day, before I was in a relationship with Aiden, I didn't really like the idea of dating apps, but over the years, I have realized that I don't think that dating apps are the enemy. We actually just went to a wedding of a couple who met on Hinge, dated for six months, and then got married. So I I don't know. I also agree in terms of at first, I was like, what? These are weird. And then I thought about, I mean, like this exact relationship is a perfect example of how we're totally okay with meeting people online and then becoming friends with them. But then it's weird when it's someone you're dating. But I also agree with her in terms of it feels window shoppy where like you're just looking. Yeah. Like I wouldn't be so binary with like the qualifications of someone if I met them in person and we're discussing with them. But if you're on an app, you're just like swiping through and be like, no, no, yeah. So it's like odd, but I don't Mm -hmm. have anything against it because I think it's a modern way for people to meet each other. Would you yeah. ever go on a dating app? I mean, I, I mean, I guess I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I don't think I would be opposed to it. The only thing I would be fearful of is that the other person didn't have the right intentions. But mm-hmm. I know that a lot of people do have the right intentions. So it's kind of like, how do you, how do you scrape that? Like scrape for the data, you know? Well, you just had to be really selective, I would imagine. In yeah. like the chat before and stuff. What's the Christian one? Um, uh, Christian Mingle? Yeah, I would go on that. <laughs> I think Christian Mingle's older people, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a website. It's, uh, oh, no, I, I, heard, I saw an ad for one. No, yeah. it's like 
up something upward or something like that yeah hinge is the one that i've heard the most success stories with though it seems to be the less like they just want to hook up kind of thing because it's isn't it done through facebook so it's your friends or friends Um, of friends or something i don't know that actually could be you probably can connect it Mm -hmm. but i think it's just well done and it's just not the one that you go to to hook up so people yeah but i think people use tinder have you seen the tinder swindler it's about this like con artist who cons a bunch of girls oh, on Tinder. Did you see it? Aiden I was trying it, to get me to watch it. it. He was so trying to get good. watch it. I mean, it's really sad, but it's good. But he's like free and walking out and about. Oh, never wow. Anything. He just conned people. Well, yeah. I didn't watch it, but I'm just imagining. A we have teacher. a uh, birthday shout out from Chad to his wife. Oh, his wait. Wife. His wife listens and he sent one? <laughs> yeah, let me. I'm trying to find her name. Oh, that's cute. Happy birthday, Brooke. I don't know if I'm a part of this message. Happy birthday, Brooke. I don't think she... Sorry, I didn't mean to talk. Happy birthday, Brooke. Congrats on your birthday. We you missed know it by a few days. Um, we don't, but your husband is so loving that he sent us an email to say happy birthday. We See, hope you had a great... very thoughtful. You I have know. a good husband. That he listened sweet. to you talking about probably a random part of what we were talking yeah. about in the episode, and then he went and looked it up and then sent in an email... Like, that's an act of love. That's a green flag. A green, that is a green flag. Aiden said he was going to listen to our episode we did on my podcast when I was recording this. He's currently in the TV room. (laughs) He's secluded. AJ has not listened to any of the episodes. Can you believe that? Really? I wouldn't. I'm offended. See, Aiden doesn't watch a lot of my YouTube videos, but he always listens to the podcast. He thinks podcasts, he thinks it's so cool that I have a podcast. That's but like so YouTube's like, it's cool, but the podcast. Yeah, AJ does is the cool. opposite. I think that's funny. That's funny. He just like doesn't want to hear me talk. <laughs> I don't See, I hate when people watch my videos in front of me. Like in oh, high yeah. school, my dad would play them on his iPad in the recliner on full blast. And I'd be like, please, do <laughs> not. Dad did you have yeah. any people in your high school like make fun of you for it? No, but I did in college. Which is interesting. I went to like a huge high school that was bigger than my college. It was 4,000 kids. My college was tiny. But I got that, like people would play my videos in their dorm room and make fun of them when I was in college. And it made me stronger though, you know? (laughs) Wow. It really did. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine someone at my work now finding out. I would just be dead. I would quit immediately. (laughs) Well, especially then because you're just so not confident. Like now... I have so much confidence in what I do that I just don't really care. I'm like, I love my job so much. But back in the day, it's funny now because it's so much more normal. People want to be doing YouTube. They want to be doing Instagram. But before it was, who does she think she is by posting YouTube videos? Yeah, it's definitely more common now, which is great. Okay, a couple more quick questions. Okay. Any dog training tips for Cash? Somebody Ooh, asked. Ooh, he is not as great as he used to be when he was younger, but I will say I watched a lot of Zach George's training videos on YouTube and they helped a lot, especially if you're getting a puppy. Like he does a lot on crate training, basic obedience training. But the thing that's gotten hard now is we haven't kept up with the training and I think you have to keep up with it even when they're older because his thing is jumping and we went through a phase where when we got home we're like cash come on come on and then he would jump and now it's not cute when he does that and so now we have to tell him down down and he only gets pets when he's on the ground so you just gotta keep up with it (laughs) all right let's end with a banger you want to read this last question oh no this one right here that's the banger okay would you rather live 120 years comfortable but dull or live half as long but have 
an exciting, adventurous, adventure-filled life? <laughs> um, it's a good one. There is a right answer. No, there is. Yeah, I just I answered in my mind. It's right. <laughs> But I think everyone defines an adventurous life differently. Like my life could be really adventurous for someone, but for me, I think my life is pretty average. Mm-hmm. So your level of adventure though, would you rather have that fully for half as long or hate your life for twice as long? So let's define well, half. half. So like 45 years old, dead. No, half of 120, 60. No one's going to live to 120. Oh, I would live till... That's the question. I would live till I was 60 and have a great life. Yeah, but what if it was 40? I guess what I could start having kids right now and fulfill that goal. I do not want to live to be 120, so I would yeah, rather... Yeah, but why do you assume that you would live to 120? The question says, would you rather live 120 years? Do you see her runs, Rachel? <laughs> like, oh, wait. I didn't read that part. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, a normal person dies at 80, so if you're half that, it's 40. No, like, I agree. Sad. I don't want to live that long either. It's kind of Especially if it's dull. About. Like, what are you going to do the last 40 years? You can't move. Play with your great-great-grandchildren who don't know who you are and you're just sitting there. No, I'd rather die fully younger. And you don't know who they are because you have dementia. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I'd probably say the same because 120 years dull is like hell. That's what I'm saying. Can barely get, I yeah. can barely get through an eight-hour work day. Oh, yeah. You work eight hours? Almost. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. You work eight hours a day. I work more than that. It's just oh, not okay. official work, you know? You know how they say, Michelle? <laughs> yeah, you clubs. Know, let them say it. Let them say it. <laughs> let them hate. Let the haters hate. I was. I met up with a friend who does YouTube, and she was talking about how she got a comment that was like, I bet her husband funds her opulent lifestyle or something like that. And she was like, if only they knew. <laughs> wow. If only they do. They just think you're not so, doing anything, but it's okay. Hey, that's a good word. That was one of our vocab words. Opulent. Oh, I was going to say we didn't have yeah. a word for this episode. You're right. Why don't you choose one? Oh, no. Wait, let's read one from Anna's list. That's true. Actually, I think opulent was on my list. And you opulent told me really? It's too easy. Yeah. Um, placate. Placate to make someone less angry or hostile. I love that word. But you I gotta, think it's too. you gotta placate your haters. Is that like telling someone to simmer down? It's kind of like you don't want to placate towards their needs. Like, oh, we shouldn't placate towards them. We should do what we believe in. Okay. It's like mm. given kind of. That's the context that I've heard yeah. it used in. Yeah. Or least. like hush hush, like calm down. Yeah, I think it's like soothing someone, I guess. But in my mind, yeah. it's always in the context of like. You're doing it for them. I don't know if that's true or just how I, I've heard I, it used. I imagine like okay. an angry toddler being like, no, and you're like placating them. By giving them the pacifier yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's actually probably, to pacify is probably similar. So what's one final word you'd like to give all the listeners for the drama pod? Anything, <sighs> could be anything. Piece of advice, a kind word, a blessing. Uh, just don't take life too seriously and enjoy the highs and the lows. Mm, that would be yeah. my piece of advice. Very good. I was going to ask you guys, did you guys listen to the episode that I did with you guys? Like, do you guys like to listen to yourself? Back? Of course we listen to it. I don't enjoy listening to myself, but I did listen okay. to it. Because um, I was thinking yeah. about if I never listened to the episodes that I... <laughs> That I you do don't. with that I do on other people's podcasts because I hate what? listening to myself back. I already get it enough editing videos. I just don't. I don't need it. That's so funny. 
Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be on this podcast. We're thank so you glad for having you came. Me of course. I'm, I'm a little nervous that I talked about a lot of random different things in this episode. Oh, that's no. what we do. That's like our <laughs> that's best our thing. Our best quality. The only here. theme of tonight was you. So whatever yeah. you spoke about was the theme. This is true. But where can people find you? So I am on YouTube. It's just my name, Michelle Reed. And then I also have a podcast called But What's Next? And I do very I would say similar episodes to you guys just kind of about a bunch of random different things Mm -hmm. but it's just me I was just talking to someone today actually the girl who was waxing my eyebrows I was talking about how I was jealous that you guys are co-hosts I wish I had a co-host it seems like a fun dynamic yeah it can be fun at times (laughs) horrible at other moments I'm just kidding no yeah it's awesome all right well thanks guys for listening make sure you follow Michelle I'll have everything linked in the show notes and signing out See ya. Bye, guys.